Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. All right, here we are, 2 Timothy chapter 1, session 3, overcoming the spirit of fear. Father, we commit this to you at your word. You inspired it. You oversaw it. You released it, Lord. And thank you that the words you speak to us, they are spirit and life. And so today we humbly come before you in the authority of your word, and we pray that you would break the spirit of fear off those who receive this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Just by a quick review, we define fear as an in internal forecast of an undesired result. You may see something in your checkbook, you may hear something on the news, a friend, or somebody may say something to you, and um, you hear that news through your human ears, see it through your eyes, but there is an inner voice on the inside of you, an inner inclination that forecasts a result that you don't want. And you begin to feel opposition to that, those thoughts that begin to collect, those emotions that begin to respond, those choices that you begin uh, to make if it is under the forecast of that undesired result. And uh, it can really snowball. Understand this, that thoughts of fear, <coughs> fear accumulate quickly. And uh, thank you for bearing with me a little bit. I'm having a little bit of uh, voice issues, but it'll be okay. You hang in there, as will I. The, the, this thing called fear is not of God. Let's look at our passage again, 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit. Understand that there is a, a spiritual force behind this thing called fear but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. God is in the business of granting us His power, supernat the unconditional, unrelenting love of God, and a sound mind. A sound mind is a mind that's not chaotic. It's a mind where there's order. It's a mind where there is peace. And that is what God gives power, love, and a sound mind. We saw that the origin of fear is born in unbelief. We went all the way back to the Garden of Eden where the enemy planted a thought in Adam and Eve. God really doesn't want the best for you. Has God really said? It's always a question of, a, of contradiction of the Word of God. It always has that as its root. It is something that doesn't line up with the truth of God's Word. We understood, understand that when they begin to believe that question to be true, and they started making choices, that one of the first manifestations of their sin was fear. God actually said to them in the garden, 
why are you afraid? Why, why are you running? And uh, they said, we were afraid. We were ashamed. We were afraid. So when we violate the Word of God, that is the beginning of the roots of fear. Or just when we fail to apply the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I can hear something or see something or feel something. And if I don't run it through the lens of the Word of God that I know, fear automatically begins to manifest. And you begin to go down a path of a, of, a, of a desire that you don't want. Instead of applying it to the Word of God and going to war on that basis. Because remember, in the Word of God, there's not only love and a sound mind, there's power there. Supernatural power. <clears throat> so we uh, found out that to really have success, we've got to realign our heart to worship to renew our mind to the Word of God and the truth. And to realign our words because it's out of the abundance of our heart that our mouth speaks. Do you know your words will give you away? They'll give you away what you really believe. You can say you believe something, but your words will tell you what you really believe. So what are you saying? What are you continuing to say about your situation? Bear with me here. I had some, um, I don't know how many of you have, uh, <coughs> excuse me, had the um, wonderful experience of root canals. It's not an ordinary toothache, and it will wrestle you to the ground. So I uh, had my um, second experience with those uh, this week, and uh, had to be put under some sedation and medication and all that. I'm not accustomed to all that. But uh, thank you for praying for me on all that. And um, we're uh, just uh, little voice issues here today. But um, in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty minor. But uh, when it's going on, it's not minor at all. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you for prayers for your pastors. All right. So I want us to see something here about the power. Remember last time we closed with the power of a heart cry. In Psalm 34 we saw that the psalmist David, who was called a man after God's own heart. And remember he was not a perfect man. His family was in shambles. One of his sons sexually assaulted his sister, which was David's daughter. I can't think of anything more painful than that. Another of his sons tried to steal the kingdom of Israel from him and led a rebellion against him that actually caused David, the king, to have to leave the palace and live in a cave. Uh, maybe your circumstances are difficult today, but from a palace to hiding in a cave would be pretty difficult transition. Uh, over and over... He had another son who died. He was killed by one of David's lieutenants, murdered. I mean, his life at times was a wreck. You think your circumstances are a wreck today? Psalm 34, David said, I 
this poor man, talking about himself, cried out, and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his fears. Whatever fear you have today, the Lord can deliver you. It doesn't get too deep and too difficult for the heart of God and the love of God to reach you. He cried out with a heart cry, and the Lord delivered him. So we have got to understand that the Word of God is our weapon. The heart of God is what destroys fear, the love of God. Now remember, and I want you to turn with me to 1 John chapter 4 as we remind ourselves. We remind ourselves of what the antidote for fear is. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Perfect love, the love of God casts out fear. Everybody say this with me. My fears cannot coexist with the love of God. The love of God will defeat them and cast them out. So what we need is greater revelation of that love because the Word says if we're believers, Romans 5, 5, the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So it's not a matter of finding it, it's a matter of connecting with what we already have. How do we do that? <laughs> by faith. Thank you, Lord, your word says that I have the love of God poured out in my heart. So by faith I receive that love that I have. I have it. I celebrate it. I thank you that regardless of what I see or feel, the love of God is in me and with me. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. In fact, we can't do better than the Scripture. Everybody say this with me. There is no fear in the love of God. His perfect love casts out fear. So our problem is we need to get greater revelation of the love of God that's already in us. And stop defining how God feels about us by our present circumstances. Our present circumstances are subject to change. They're temporary. The love of God's there regardless of what we think or feel. But I want you to see something here. It's not only the revelation of the love of God. It is the revelation of the presence of our Lord. Thank you, praise team, for reminding us that and that we can celebrate it. I want you to do something with me. Turn all the way back to the left to the book of Deuteronomy. Oh, I love Deuteronomy. I love Deuteronomy. The last book that Moses wrote before his passing, powerful. And I want us to go to chapter 31, chapter 31 of the book of Deuteronomy. And I want us to see there in chapter 31 in verse 8, understand that Moses is talking to the children of Israel before his passing. He's reminding them of all the things God had done, what he had meant to them, how he had delivered them. <coughs> he reminded them of the impossible looking circumstances and situations. And I want us to see Verse 8, he reminded them that the Lord said through him to the people, the Lord, 
He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed, anxious, worried, timid. The Lord is the one who goes before you. Do you know that when you got up this morning, the Lord was already up? What are you facing? You got a big situation at work. You've got you got a big deal at at, at uh, going on. This just wrestled you to the ground. Understand that your God is already out there ahead of you. Wouldn't it be good revelation for us every day when we are really dreading something to call to remembrance that our God is already out there ahead of us? He's already there. He's already there at the office. He's already there with the business. He's already there in surgery. He's already there in the meeting that you've got to have with your family. The Lord has already gone ahead of you. Hallelujah. The Lord. The Lord will be not only with you, He will already go before you. He will be with you. When you walk into the circumstances or before you get on the phone or before you release that message that you are really anxious about, what if you took just a minute, took a deep breath, and recognized the truth if you're a believer, and that is, the Lord is with me. Before I do this, before I make this decision, before I have this difficult conversation, the Lord is with me. The Lord. If you lack wisdom, what does James 1 say? What is it, Mike? What does he say? Let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith, and the Lord will grant it as we ask in faith. The Lord is not only before me, he is with me. And he will not forsake me. <clears throat> does this say he will not forsake me if I get everything right? How was the track record of the Israelites? <laughs> not so good. They were being reminded, He will not forsake you. Everybody say this with me. Thank you, Lord. You're before me. You're with me. And you're not going to forsake me. Hallelujah. I mean, you're going to have some disappointments in your life. You're going to have some that you wish would have stuck with you that are going to leave you. But the Lord, who is your life, will not leave you. What a great promise. But not only that, not only is He with you, I want you to go back to the very first chapter of Deuteronomy. Turn back to your left there to chapter 1. And I'd like for you to see something here. Hallelujah. Chapter 1 of Deuteronomy and verse 30. He is not only with you, he has not only gone before you, with you, and behind you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. But look at verse 30. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you. You in a fight? What if the Lord your God was in that fight for you? 
He will fight for you. Oh, I know that some of you say, nah, God, I, he will fight for you. Well, I don't ever see the Lord fighting for me. Well, do you believe this? He will fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. I want you to know that what you saw God did releasing you from Pharaoh and the kings of, uh, of Egypt, the slavery of Egypt, he will still fight for you. You remember Romans 8, 31? If God is for us, and the Greek there suggests, and he is, who can be against you? So why don't we stop be, just being all upset and critical that nobody's for me, everybody in the world's against me, and recognize the only one who really matters is for you. He's for you. Do you really believe it? He is for you. And he will fight for you. All right, here's a question for you. Now, while you're, while you're uh, listening to my question, turn left and go to Exodus. I want to show you something else. Exodus 14. Exodus 14. Do you think when God delivered the Israelites from Pharaoh and they walked out with the wealth of Egypt laid on them, Egypt didn't, didn't just say go, they said go and take this with you. <laughs> when they left Egypt and they were saying we're finally free, we've been here 430 years, Joe. We're finally free. We're finally going to get to land, to stay in the land that God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our forefathers of faith. This is great until they saw a cloud of dust in the distance. And here were Pharaoh's and all of his horsemen and chariots who had changed their mind. They didn't. You do understand that the devil never wants to see you free about anything. And they were pursuing the children of Israel through the desert. And when they saw this great cloud of dust, they were like, oh no, we got we to gotta, we gotta get out of here fast, Otis. Only one problem. Right in front of them was something called the Red Sea. So here, were, here was the greatest army of the world, the Egyptians in those, in those days. And here was an immovable body of water, and they were trapped. So here's a question for you. Did it feel like in those days that God was for them? Did it feel like that he was doing any fighting on their behalf? Did it feel that way? Did it look that way? All they could hear was doom. All they could feel was fear. All they could see was immovable objects in opposition. I'm talking to somebody today. 
in this room and out there who feels like it's all caved in on you. You have no way of escape. And you are saying to yourself, if God is for me, if he is fighting on my behalf, why is my doom imminent? It only looks that way. It only looks that way. If you will trust God as your believer and rise up by faith in your heart and declare that this is true for you based on God's word and his track record, you will get through this and you will find out when you look back he really was with you and fighting for you. He is with you and he is fighting for you. It looks and feels like he has forsaken you. It looks and feels like you are in a trap that you can't get out of. It looks and feels like your demise is at hand. It only looks and feels that way. If you'll trust the Lord. Exodus 14, 14. This is what the Lord promised them. Look at verse 13, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, they were trapped. Stand still and see the salvation, the deliverance of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Would you say this with me? Mighty God, I profess to you that I can't deliver myself. See, wherever you are today, Whatever that mindset is that has a hold of you, whatever addiction that's got you, whatever situation and circumstances, you can't deliver yourself. But if you will recognize that, you will recognize that you're in perfect position to receive the deliverance of the Lord. As long as you think that by your own craftiness you can get out of it, you're doomed. You're doomed by your own unbelief. The Lord says, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish, he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will not see again forevermore. How many of you know, know that after the Egyptians, there were some Amorites, Hittites, Jebusites, Canaanites. <laughs> Just because God delivers you from one enemy one oppression doesn't mean you'll never face any oppression anymore but you won't sin like that anymore the depth of your pain right now God can and will deliver from you it's not that you won't ever have another issue but you won't have that pain that you get delivered from again hallelujah now look at verse 14 the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. In other words, you don't have to go to pieces. You don't have to scream and shout. You just need to be absolutely resting in the reality that your God is fighting for you. No use in staying up all night. The Lord will fight for you. That business that has you by the neck. Maybe you need to hear this from the Lord. 
If you're his and your motives are right before him, he will fight for you if you'll believe him and give him a chance. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. You shall not trust your own ability to deliver yourself. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you just keep on crying out to me? Why, is it, why, why do you keep on crying? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. You want to be delivered from where you are, that difficult, painful place. Recognize that God is your deliverer. Notice, recognize that your, your times are in His hands. Recognize that He will not forsake you nor leave you. He knows right where you are. Recognize He is fighting for you even when you don't even know it. And recognize that all you've got to do is to take the next right step. That's what it means to go forward. You don't have to figure out what you're going to do 30 days from now. Just take the next right step. Don't lay there and worry, how am I ever going to get through this? It seems so dark. Just take the next right step God not going to show you 30 days from now he's going to tell you one step at a time and you know what you can be content with that if you recognize that he will not leave you nor forsake you in fact he will fight for you when you don't even know it hallelujah he will fight for you thank you Lord the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Tell the children of Israel, go forward. But notice in verse 16, God speaks directly to Moses. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go forth. I've called you to be a leader, but I've also called you to be a covering agent. I want you to get out there. And you obey me. You go in my presence. Boy, what a responsibility that is. Do you know where your covering is? Do you know who God has called you out to be spiritual leadership in your life in your time of trouble? I told you, Moses, you get out there in front of them. And you do what I've told you to do, recognizing that I'm the one that does it. But when they see you out there totally dependent on me and trusting me and believing me, they will follow you. Somebody's looking to you for some leadership. It is a major responsibility to be a covering agent for a person or a family or a church or a business. But you've got to get before God and recognize when everybody else is losing faith and getting anxious and fearful and wanting to go back to the old ways, it's up to you to remind them, our God is not only with us, He is fighting for us. And you may have, it may be lonely in those days. God will bless you. He will, he will strengthen you. There's a lot of responsibility and a lot of burden and a lot of sacrifice involved in being in 
spiritual leadership and a covering agent for others. But boy, what, a, what an honor and a privilege and a reward. Amen. <coughs> I'm sorry. Then God says, here's what I'll do when you do your part. I will harden the heart of favor of the Egyptians, and they will follow you. Uh-oh, wait a minute. I'm going to harden the heart of the Egyptians, and they're going to pursue you. See, that's the reason it gets worse sometimes in the natural when you pray for God to deliver you. It seems like it gets worse. That's not a setback. It's a setup. It's God and His sovereignty and His foreknowledge of recognizing that I've got to get the enemy breathing down your neck to put them in that place of defeat I want them to be. So maybe we ought not to scream and cry, God, why have you, why have you forsaken me? In, maybe instead we need to say, Lord, I believe that you are setting my enemies up for destruction even as you seek to deliver me. God can deliver you and set the enemy up for failure at the same time. Amen. What do we need to do? Keep our focus on the one who will not leave nor forsake us and the one who fights for us. One last scripture. I want you to go to Romans 8 and I want you to see out of the written word today what I quoted just a minute ago and that'll be it for today. Romans 8. Let's look at verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He, okay, why would you know that scripture? Why would you say that Holy Spirit? Verse 32 is the answer. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So you think the Lord may have changed his mind about you? Do you think he may have forsaken you? Do you think he's lost sight of where you are and who you are? Are you doubting whether or not he wants the best for you, that he's for you? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for you how will he not also freely give you all things God's intentions towards you as his son and daughter are all good his intentions toward you as his son and daughter are always the highest and best no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Will you continue to trust him? God knows how to fit that need, fill that need that is excruciating right now. 
He's for you. If he didn't spare his own son, how will he not also give you all good things? All good things. Will you trust his timing? Will you trust his ability? It all gets down to do you trust his heart, his intentions for you? Not defining them by your present circumstances, but by the eternal, unshakable word of God and the incredible track record of your father towards you all your life. All your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that you've given us every resources that we need to overcome fear that you have not given us a spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mind give us greater revelation of that love of God that casts out fear give us greater revelation not only the love of God but the very presence of our Father that you've already seen every circumstance of our life and you've gone ahead of us going before us with us and behind us Hallelujah. We thank you that not only are you with us, but you're fighting for us. Thank you, oh God. Say this with me, church. Thank you, Father. You're fighting for me. This minute, this day, regardless of what I see, regardless of what I feel, I give you praise that you're fighting for me. Right now, for your glory, my good. Hallelujah. Just worship the Lord and give Him some thanks right now. Give Him thanksgiving. He is fighting for you. Regardless of the way it looks or feels, you have a mighty God who loves you, who never forsakes nor leaves you can handle any cry, outcry of your heart. He is for you. Hallelujah. How we worship you, Lord. We give you thanksgiving and praise. In the name of Jesus, all the people said, amen and amen. We'll see you next week. Special service. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.